Hey guys, and welcome back to the official podcast of Develop Yelmint, Develop Yelmint Unplugged. And this week, I'm trying something a little different. I'm going to try a slightly different format. If you join us uh, every week, you probably know that I'm usually back there. I usually have a guest or two with me. And today, I'm actually going to do something a little bit more intimate. I'm in front of the computer. Uh, I'm in the chats. I am going to give you guys a lot of content today. This is going to be a very content-rich episode. So definitely, if you want to learn about personality psychology, communication, conflict resolution, and burnout prevention, definitely uh, join us in the chat. Join us in, in this podcast today. I mean, there's, there's a lot to talk about. And I'm going to focus primarily on how different personality types communicate, how different personality types deal with stress, with different situations, and how we can communicate effectively with people and motivate them and not force things. Because let's face it, we tend to communicate based on our context, our goals, our values, our experiences, our priorities, and we often miss the mark. And sometimes we missed the mark just because we used the wrong words or the wrong body language. So I also want to talk to you guys about how you can tweak your body language, you can tweak the word uh, choices, and you can become much more effective with your communication. So without further ado, let's get started. Uh, so if you join us for the first time in Develop Element, we talk about personality psychology, but we don't do it to limit you. We don't do it to put you in a box. We don't do it to... Um, we don't do it to give you a profile. We don't even do personality tests, no any of that. But what we do focus on is understanding our basic needs, our basic instincts, and we also focus on identifying what things give me energy and inner peace and what things stress me out based on my personality and context. Once we know that, we can design a life and build relationships that give us more energy, give us more inner peace, and that really help bring out the best in us. When we fail to do it, we often lose ourselves trying to please everyone else or giving more power to our fears than to our goals. And we start becoming more irritable. We start becoming more impatient. We start having more problems in our lives. So what we want to do is really look at how we can build a life and build relationships that take into account our personality, our context, uh, our reality, but that doesn't invalidate anyone else because we can all coexist, we can all uh, collaborate, we can all have strong relationships where we complement each other instead of clashing. When we talk about different personalities, one of the big problems is if we are insecure, if we don't understand people, if we uh, are stressed, if we are mentally, emotionally drained, what ends up happening is differences can end up as a source of conflict instead of as a source of growth and mutual support. But realistically speaking, if we look at it, differences can enrich any dynamic, can enrich any family, can enrich any business. And there's really a lot of value in focusing on letting the differences enrich things. So what I want to tell you guys about personality psychology before we get started is in development we 
really focus on identifying three primary personalities that are part of you. We talk about six different personality types, which we call elements. We're all a mix of all the six personality types. But one thing that you have to know is we're not just one thing all the time in different moments in different percentages, we have different instincts. So uh, you might have periods where you're very extroverted, you ha might have periods where you're very introverted, you might have periods where you're kind of more ambiverted, a middle energy, and that's perfectly normal. As long as those things are done because it's natural for you and not because you're trying to fit in, trying to please others and therefore lose yourself. So with personality psychology, we talk about how there's what your biological nature, it's the most natural for you, it's the most comfortable for you. We talk about how there is your societal nature, that's how you culture your family, your religion, your corporate culture, uh, how your friends and how your environments shape you, how they guide you, how they judge you, how they direct you, and how you end up sometimes adapting too much to others, how sometimes you end up losing yourself to fit in or to get approval from others, but how in other cases you actually adapting to achieve something where you're, where you're adapting to actually have more impact. So when we talk about adapting to your society, adapting to your friends, adapting to your family, we talk about adapt in key moments when you know that it's going to unlock something where you're going to be able to collaborate better but do it out of generosity don't do it out of insecurity if you're adapting because you're afraid of rejection if you're adapting because you're afraid of judgment you're not gonna deliver your best self so focus on adapting when it makes sense when you really can have that impact really it's a matter of okay, right now, if I adapt, there's going to be better collaboration. If I adapt, it's going to be nicer. If I adapt, there's going to be more harmony in this situation. And people are going to be grateful for my, my effort, right? Everyone appreciates when someone steps out of the comfort zone. Everyone appreciates when someone does something out of the ordinary, out of generosity. But what we don't like seeing is people losing themselves, trying to please everyone else, and therefore getting more stressed, getting more tense, and really becoming a worse version of themselves. In Develop Development, we talk about how each person and each personality has a best version of themselves and a worst version of themselves. And the best version of themselves comes out when they are uh, regenerated, recharged, when they have inner battery, where they can concentrate, where they can think, where they have more patience, tolerance, empathy, where they're more productive, where they're more charismatic, where they're just more attractive and, and, and kinder. Uh, but we also talk about when we are drained, when we are insecure, when we lack context, when we assume things without verifying, when we jump to premature conclusions, we end up burning a lot of bridges, we end up directing our personality in a very not so positive manner. We end up really having unnecessary conflicts. We end up forcing things. We end up invalidating people. And really, we lose a lot of harmony in our communication and in our relationships. So what we want to do is quite simply identify what is my biological nature? What is, what is most natural for me? What's my base? What's my starting off point? And then use that 
to constantly give us certain level of energy, certain level of comfort. And then in key moments when it makes sense to be generous and step out of your comfort zone and face certain fears and, and act outside of your biological personality, do it out of generosity, not out of desperation or insecurities. And finally, uh, a third point is when you're passionate about something, you have extra battery, meaning you can do more things. When you are very passionate about something, you can really do those things that you didn't think possible. An introvert that might be afraid of speaking in public might suddenly be able to get on stage. An introvert that might have a challenge with crowds all of a sudden might enjoy going to something like Comic-Con or a conference about their topic of interest where there can be thousands of people. When you have enough passion for something, you have more tolerance, you have more energy, and you have more willingness to explore the uncomfortable because you start making your goals more important than your fears. So that's something that you have to identify. How can you use passion to unlock more things where you can really open up more doors and where you can make your world a little bit bigger and, and, and not limit yourself so much. Um, and when we start identifying, okay, this is my biological personality. These are my basic needs. This is my society, my societal instincts. This is where I adapt too much. This is where I adapt the right amount. Okay. Maybe I can adapt less here and be a little bit more myself in this situation. Maybe here I can adapt a little bit more because it will show generosity and collaborative spirit. And then finally here, maybe adding a little bit of passion will help me have more tolerance, more energy, more passion, and, and, and more capacity to face those fears. So with that context in mind, let's talk personalities. Now, many of you are probably familiar with personality type systems like DISC, Enneagram, uh, Myers-Briggs, uh, or also known as MBTI. And those are all great systems for certain things, but they are very test focused. They're very focused and you take a test and you get your profile. In development, we don't do that because there's a margin of error. In every moment, there are so many factors that influence how you operate, how you think, what you're doing, your insecurities, your goals, your opinions, your judgments about yourself, your judgments about others will lead you to sometimes answer things that aren't actually in line with your actions. Or maybe your actions are very focused on how you are executing this passion project or how you've adapted to this environment and it might not give you a complete picture. So in development, we focus more on a self-exploration journey where you get to identify a lot of things about yourself. And really, we also talk about how there are many different layers and, and you might identify certain things very fast. And then there are certain things that you've suppressed and pushed aside a long time ago that you suddenly have to rediscover or discover for the first time and start embracing and start really uh, seeing the value in that thing that you have considered is a bad thing. Many times because of rejection or traumas, because we've seen people act a certain way with a certain personality type, we start rejecting those uh, character traits and we outright see them as something negative. Remember, every character trait can be directed in a positive or a negative way. Someone who's overly emotional can direct positive emotions or negative emotions. Someone who's overly perfectionistic or overly critical can 
use it to either perfect things and, and help people or can use it to destroy people and their confidence and cut them into pieces. Someone who's very confident and, and, and likes leadership positions can inspire people, uplift people, or can end up putting people down and making them feel like shit. So it's very important that we look at every character trait and every personality as a personality or character trait that can go in any direction. And it's up to you to decide, I want to direct it this way. I want to direct it in a positive way. So when we talk about personality types in develop, I mean, we talk about six different personality types, but before that, I want to talk about the three basic, more universal ones. So we have the, the extrovert, which extroverts, they focus on more physical movement, more constant change. They focus on more socialization. I think the main key point is they need higher social stimulus. They need more friendships. They need to just kind of have more ambience, more life. They can often respond well, well to adrenaline, to dopamine, to just lively environments they they tend to get more energy at a party or at a social event they don't burn out as much at, at a social event except if there's annoying people and and they clash but in general more socialization more movement more exploration more more action means more energy and inner peace for an extrovert then we have the ambivert the ambivert is a middle energy, they're not totally extroverted, they're not totally introverted, and the ambivert really focuses on being flexible. They can ramp up or ramp down the intensity. They can adapt well to almost any environment. They're almost like chameleons in the sense that they can adapt to high and, so, uh, high and low uh, social stimulus environments, but they focus really on those strong bonds and their family rela uh, relationships on their friendships on, on really building those comfortable environments. They, they also like building comfortable homes and, and they just kind of focus on the comfort and harmony and, 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 and deep relationships. And for them, the most important thing is not what actions they take, but with whom they take them, not what environments they spend time in, but with whom they're spending time with. So those are some key points about the ambiverts. And then finally we have the introvert. The introvert is, a personality type that focuses on low social stimulus, more predictability, more structure, organization. They're not as impulsive. They don't enjoy action as much. They certainly can if they prepare themselves mentally for it, but they have to think about things more. They have to prepare themselves mentally more for certain things because their baseline is more of a peaceful, tranquil, you know, reading a book, it, it, doing some introspection, uh, watching some TV, doing things where, where they're just more relaxed in terms of the environment being more peaceful, being more predictable. And that is the polar opposite of the extrovert in, in many ways. So when we identify just these three differences, then we can learn a lot about our family members and then we can understand why the extrovert needs to get out all the time and move and explore and see so many people and, and are constantly pushing for, for action and excitement. Whereas sometimes the introvert needs a bit more alone time, needs a, a little bit more tranquility. And let me make something very clear. Introversion is not the same as shyness. Shyness is the fear of judgment, fear of rejection, fear of, 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 
that kind of it's it's more of a social social fear that we we have, we sometimes can have and it can happen to all of us even even me I'm more of an extrovert but sometimes I I'm shy in some environments and it's something that can be worked on and it's something that can be overcome but it's something temporary if we choose to make it temporary however introversion is just the need for less social stimulus and that's just how your brain is wired and it's okay you can direct it in a very positive way uh, and it can even be your superpower if you know how to use it well so so don't it's important not to mix up those two because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to be an introvert. I want to be an extrovert. Introversion is great. What you might want to work on is shyness. If, if, if that's stopping you from achieving certain things, then work on that shyness. Work on overcoming your fears. Work on, on, on facing those fears and, and, and really identify how shyness might be limiting you. But you don't need to worry about introversion. That's actually, I personally am not introverted enough. Uh, and I depend on a lot of introverts in my day-to-day -day life to help me out because they compliment me a lot. They, they support me a lot in areas where I have challenges. So every personality has a lot of value if directed properly. Now, that kind of sums up the three kind of main categories, introverts, ambiverts, and, and uh, introverts, ambiverts, and extroverts. But I want to talk to you guys about the six elements. In particular today, the focus is going to be on, on communication, but there will be a little bit of conversation about burnout management, about uh, being regenerative versus drained, because we're going to communicate in a much more positive way when we are more regenerated, when we have more mental clarity, when we have more inner peace and really bring out the best in ourselves, and also when we can bring out the best in others. So communication should always include an element of focusing on bringing out the best in each other. It should not just be on, here's the issue, let's solve this or let's achieve this or let's come to a conclusion. We need to think about the consequences of our actions and how we can optimize our actions and our, our, our communication. Because sometimes just tweaking the word choices a little bit, sometimes just uh, saying something a little differently or using slightly different body language or a slightly different intensity or picking slightly better timing can change everything. And to give you an example, an introvert, if you give them a heads up a week in advance or, or several days in advance about a social gathering, they might be able to plan and, and, and uh, take the necessary actions to recharge the battery and prepare themselves mentally to actually enjoy that and not stress out. But if you come five minutes before and say, ooh, there are guests coming over, ooh, we're going to go to this event, ooh, we're going to do this, and come with that impulsivity that extroverts actually enjoy in many cases, the introvert might get extra stressed. So just taking into account these little things about how our communication, our timing, our delivery can either create more stress or more inner peace, that, that, that's a very valuable thing that we need to uh, always have in mind. We need to be mindful of that because many times we operate in autopilot, many times we focus so much on, on the task at hand that we don't really think about the basic needs that everyone around you has. So let's talk about those basic needs and those basic instincts. So let's talk about the six elements. Friendly reminder, we're a mix of all six. We all have all six in us. We don't have tests to tell you what you are, but you will start identifying, oh yeah, this makes sense to me. This is comfortable for me. I tend to do this. Okay, this might be part of my biology. And it's a, a continuous process of exploring what's most natural, what's most comfortable, and 
with that in mind, let's get started. So uh, the first uh, element is the electric type. The electric type, they are focused on fun, adventure, exploration, uh, making light of things. They focus on having many friendships. They do like adrenaline. They like action. They like that constant change. And they can get bored easily if the environment is too much of the same, if they're seeing the same four walls, the same four people. So they need more variation in their life. They, in the communication with them, there's certain keywords that really go far with them. Let's go on an adventure. Let's go explore. Uh, let's go have fun. Uh, okay, that's enough seriousness for now. Let's do this. Or let's lighten the mood a little bit. Things a little too tense. Things like that. Adding those types of, of phrases can really make them feel so much better, can motivate them, can energize them, and can get them back on track. So if you're working with a, 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 an electric type and you see them getting very tense because they're sitting for too long or, or the conversation is too serious or they haven't been able to get out and, and see something different, then change it up a little bit, change the environment, change the energy, change the excitement. And you can do it both in the environment in which you're spending time, or you can change up the environment. So for example, now in quarantine, a lot of you are going to be like, well, we're not allowed to go out. We can't go see our friends. We can't do that. Okay. But how can you build that excitement in the environment that you are? Well, you can redecorate the room. You can, uh, here in the office, the electric types, they like having these Nerf guns and have a little Nerf gun war and just kind of have more excitement, more action, right? So how can you implement that in everything you do? But especially in your communication, the way to motivate an electric type is, is that it's, it's just make it more exciting, make it more fun, make it more light, make it less serious, and they will respond much better. However, if you try to be too structured, too precise, too exact, they're going to get so tense. They're going to feel so uncomfortable. They're going to feel like they can't be themselves. So even though you might need them to act in a more organized way, sometimes you got to tell them the opposite. Like if you tell them be more serious, they're going to be less serious. But if you let them unleash a little bit of that energy and get it out of their system, then they're going to be able to concentrate more. Because remember, when we have more energy, when we have more inner peace, we can direct our personality better. When we have less energy, less inner peace, more stress, more frustration, that's when things get a little messy. So electric types focus on that. Then if we move on to the fiery type, the fiery type is the second most extroverted type. The fiery type is uh, an extrovert, but that does need as much constant change, does need as much action, but they do focus on directing their passion a lot in one direction. So. Electric types, they have a million different friends, a million different projects, a million different hobbies. They're constantly doing new things, constantly exploring new things. But fiery people, they focus on their passion project. You know, I have this business goal. I have this career goal. I have this relationship goal. I have this uh, a goal where I want to visit this amount of countries. They have a lot of ambition and they have certain specific ideas in mind that often are very far fetched, often are, are very far uh, away. And sometimes they can be overly ambitious and burn themselves out because of it, but they really focus on productivity, results, impact. They focus on people valuing them, respecting them. They love being leaders. They love taking leadership positions. They love coordinating. They love feeling like 
they're in control. So for them, a way to communicate with them and, and make them feel more motivated, more included is tell them, I respect you. I value your leadership. I value your opinion. Uh, I, tr I, I, tr uh, I, I, I'm going to put a lot of trust in you. I'm going to empower you. Those sort of things really mean a lot to fiery people. The worst thing you can say is you can't do that. Like you can do it in a competitive spirit because uh, fiery people, they can be very competitive. So if you focus on, oh, I don't think you can do this, but like in a playful way where they can sense a bit of sarcasm, a bit of competitive spirit, they'll respond well. But if you crush them into pieces and you burn, like it, it's like pouring water and, and just kind of just turning off their fire. That's not, it's like cutting the wings, like that doesn't help. But certainly telling them that you trust them and believe in them goes a long way. Help them, support them in the projects, that also helps a lot. So if you want something from them, one way to obtain that is to make them feel supported and then they're more inclined to support you as well. Um, they respond well to things like, this is gonna improve productivity or you're gonna look so good if you do this. Oh man, you're gonna, you're gonna uh, level up, you're gonna, you're gonna achieve new heights, you're gonna achieve uh, a better impact. Uh, people are gonna admire you a lot if you do this. Things like that, you know, they really value that admiration. So if you give them compliments or tell them if you do this, you're gonna be respected. You're gonna be valued. You're gonna level up. I mean, people aren't gonna recognize you. Things like that really gets them going. Uh, now moving on to the next element, the, the aquatic type. The aquatic type is an ambiverted type. It's a middle energy, but it leans more towards extroverts. They're very emotionally expressive. They're very emotionally uh, driven. They make a lot of decisions based on how they feel emotionally. So for them, it's very important to communicate to them things like, I love you, I care about you. I, I, uh, uh, I'm so comfortable with you. Um, communicating things that are nostalgic too, like memories from the past, reliving things from the past. Uh, there are people that respond well to all these things. So bringing up the past, can, but positive experiences from the past can really inspire them. Uh, communicating emotions to them and opening up uh, to them can really, like if you have a vulnerable moment, like you say, like, I feel like this, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling guilty, I'm feeling stressed. Like if you open up emotionally to an aquatic person, they're going to get very motivated. They're going to be... Um, it feels so good. They're going to feel that connection. With them, you also have to communicate directly, like look at them in the eyes. Like don't be on your phone. Like if you're on your phone like this and stuff, they're going to feel uh, very stressed. But if you look at them in the eyes, you're present. You're not doing a million things. You're there completely with them. That makes them feel so good that whatever it is you're trying to achieve, you're much more likely to achieve it whatever message you're trying to get across, it's going to get across much more effectively if you're very present with them. However, if you are multitasking and making them feel like they're not a priority, they're going to get frustrated. They're going to feel like you don't care. So open up emotionally with them, uh, express your feelings with them, talk about their families, talk about their personal life, make it more personal. I don't care if it's, it's, it's a professional relationship with them, just showing that you care about how their family is doing, that goes a long way. Just showing to them that you care about how they're feeling emotionally, that goes a long way. Ask them, how do you feel emotionally? How, how do you feel about this? <laughs> uh, there's a comment, Manatee saying, being on the phone is rude, no matter what element you are. I am a very rude person. A lot of people 
get frustrated because I'm always on my phone. But yes, it's rude. Listen to 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 her. Um, but yeah, with aquatic people, it's it's especially essential uh, to to not be so distracted and and to be as present as possible because they really value that connection a lot, and it really enriches them a lot to feel that connection. Uh, now moving on to the uh, next type, the earthy type. The earthy type is an ambivariate type that leans a little bit more towards introversion. So they're a little bit more discreet, a little bit more private with some things. They are very focused on harmony, peace. Uh, they love being peer mediators. They love uh, being diplomats. They love resolving problems. They love supporting people. They love saving people. They often have a savior complex. They're very, very generous by nature. They generally focus on other people's needs before their own needs. So when you communicate with them, Focus on ethics, focus on values, focus on, on how to really uh, bring out the best in people, how to make sure that everyone is comfortable, how everyone is happy. To give you an idea, I am a mix of fire and earthly. And my earthly side, when I worked in sales in the past, when managers would come up and focus on motivating me with money, I was like, Eh, I can get money easy. I don't that that doesn't motivate me. I want to focus on customer service. I want to focus on customer experience. I want to create loyal clients that come back to me because they know that I I am ethical. I am not scamming them. I'm not taking advantage of them. And so so for me, the easiest way to uh, the best way that managers could motivate me was to tell me things like. I trust you. I appreciate your ethics. I, you're so good at customer service. You're so good at this. And you really take time with the clients. And I appreciate that. Things like that. Earthly people, they really focus on, on being generous, being kind, being inclusive, being ethical. So they respond well to, to things that focus on ethics. They don't respond well on things that are manipulative or things that are mm, not ethical or things that aren't inclusive they are very focused in everyone's well-being and they are not selfish either so you will not be able to motivate them with with personal gain just for them like to give you another example earthly people if they're gonna look, buy a car they're gonna get the whole family to sit in every seat to feel that it's comfortable they're gonna think about every like when I buy cars now I think of my whole team and I bring the whole team with me to sit in all the cars uh, and that's something that, that earthly people, they always think, how is this going to influence other people? Earthly people are not possessive whatsoever, which means they make choices. They like, they will ask for birthday gifts that they later will pass on to other people. Uh, they share their things a lot. What's theirs is for everyone else as well. So if you want to communicate effectively with an earthly pe person, just remember that they need to feel like whatever it is they're doing or whatever it is that they're about to do will benefit the greater good, will benefit others, and will not just be for them because they have a really hard time doing selfish things. Um, now, uh, move, well, they, and they also respond very well to comfortable environments. They like building nests and stuff. So if you can build an environment that's cozy, they respond very well and they're going to feel much more comfortable in a cozy environment than a chaotic environment. But they are quite flexible, to be honest. Uh, then moving on to the introverts, the first introvert is the airy type. The airy type is an element that uh, 
needs a lot of personal space. They analyze things. They overthink things often. They're brilliant minds, but they think of all the shades of gray, all the different variables. Uh, they think in a very, very like big picture plan, A, B, C, D, E, F, G type way. They need a lot of time to collect their thoughts, organize their thoughts, understand what they're thinking and feeling. And in order to really process all of that, it takes time. So they also don't respond well to pressure. They don't uh, respond very well to urgency. And they do focus on that kind of feeling of like, oh, I have time to collect my thoughts and make a wise decision. Uh, so uh, with airy people, just give them that peace, make them feel like there's no pressure, there's no rush. Even if there is, tell them there's no pressure, there's no rush. Even if everything is burning down, tell them I've got it under control, even if you don't. Even if they can see right through you, just for them knowing that not all the burden is on them and that the responsibility shared goes a long way. Also respect their space. So don't be like, don't be invasive of their space. Don't be invasive of their privacy. Respect them. Respect that they need more physical space. They need uh, some alone time every now and then. Include them when they're alone. Send them a little message. Be like, yo, we're going to be doing this thing. Do you want to join? No pressure, but you can join if you want. That goes a long way. But if you pressure them, not so good. If you ignore them totally, not so good. A middle point where you say you're included, you're taken into consideration, but you're not forced. That's a good one. Um, Area people also respond well to understanding information. So if you can provide them with more information that gives them confidence to make a decision, it goes a long way because if they feel they don't have enough information, it's harder for them to make a decision. So they will get paralyzed if they feel like they don't have enough information to make a, a wise choice. Um, they also can benefit from sometimes you helping them make a decision because they can sometimes be indecisive. So if you can help provide your confidence and, and reassurance and reduce risks in their mind, that goes a long way because they are very risk averse. So if you can reduce risks in their mind, the better. If you can be like, I'll, I'll take the responsibility if something goes wrong. You know what? I, I, I can vouch for this and, and, and like, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that we can do this. Uh, so if you provide them with that, it's, it's, it's key. Uh, and there's another message here from NT that says, yeah, we love information, any kind. Yeah. Information for, for airy people is power. Information for airy people many times is confidence. Uh, information for them really gives them more peace to make decisions. There are cases where they often, well, well there are cases where they obviously can direct it in a not so good way and overthink things, overanalyze things, but good information that gives them confidence to make concrete decisions. Wow. That is powerful for uh, a foreignary person. Now, moving on to the final type, the metallic type, the metallic type focuses on uh, exactitude, precision, being to the point. They don't have an emotional filter. Like they, they, they prefer logic, fact, pragmatism over emotional decision-making. Uh, they focus on these are the facts, these are the studies, this is the data, and I want to hold on to that. They focus a lot on being right, making a very educated decision. They focus on making one decision instead of millions of decisions. 
uh, they might have a plan B or, or, or so if that's within their logic, if, if, if that's within the risk management. But in general, they're more of a plan A kind of person. They're like, I'm going to make a perfect plan, a foolproof plan, a plan that won't fail. And I'm just going to analyze and verify it to the point that I'm so confident in this plan that this is the direction. So they can be very firm. They can be very stubborn. They can be uh, sometimes arrogant with their with their uh, decision making and, 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 and kind of forceful with their decision making because they feel like they're the ones that have taken most uh, time to process, analyze and make uneducated decision. The challenge with fire, no, metallic people is sometimes they don't update their context. Sometimes they're making decisions and coming to conclusions based on uh, pattern recognition that has incomplete data. Sometimes they can make decisions based on uh, how the facts were three months ago or how the facts were a year ago, but there might be new data that they haven't taken into account. And that can make them quite rigid when it comes to change and flexibility is not their strong suit. They really like their routine, their structure. They like Im improving efficiency. So they like coming to conclusions that save them time and reevaluating their ideas can be a bit of a, an effort for them. So something that works very well in communication with metallic people is telling them, I value your, your input. I know you're an expert on this. I know you have studied this much more uh, profoundly than I have, uh, things like that go a long way. Uh, providing them with analysis is very, very powerful too. Having educated conversations with, with them, having very technical conversations with them is also very powerful. They love having technical conversations. They love understanding things at a very technical level. So if you can match them or, or even get close to matching them in, in technical jibber jabber, uh, they will be like, whoa, this person knows what they're talking about. And they will listen to you much more if they feel like you know what you're talking about. If they feel that you are just talking out of your ass and that you have no idea what you're talking about, they're going to be like, yo, you don't know what you're talking about. This is crazy. So for them, backing up your opinions with data, with facts, with with history can go a long way. However, if it clashes with the ideas they already have, and if it makes them feel like they're wrong, it can backfire because there's nothing worse for a metallic person than to feel like they're wrong because then they're like, if I'm wrong with this, what else am I wrong with? Because I put so much, much thought into this. I analyzed it so deeply. How did I mess up? How did I miss the mark? I don't understand. And then they can have a really big internal conflict. So it's better to add to what they already know, to update them on what they already know, instead of telling them outright they're wrong. They love telling other people that they're wrong, but they themselves have a hard time looking at when they themselves make a mistake. They really don't like making mistakes. So with them just be like, yo, there's this new, new information. Have you taken it into account? Have you seen the new data on this? Have you seen this new study? Have you seen this new thing that happened? Have you, uh, are you aware of the current events? Like just kind of updating them with news. That's powerful, but telling them outright, yo, you're wrong can make them shut down and can either make them 
overly forceful and insistent convincing you that their uh, conclusion is correct or making them overly insecure and be like, what else am I wrong about? Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. I, I messed up, right? So don't go there if you can. Focus more on complimenting their, their uh, process and supporting them into understanding whatever it is you want to communicate to them in a way that doesn't invalidate them, but rather just adds on to what they already know. Now, those are kind of the basics of how to communicate to each of the six elements. But one thing I want to emphasize is each element is going to be more tolerable, more empathetic, more understanding of other elements, other ways of being when they're regenerated. So it's very important that you focus on actively regenerating yourself and your loved ones. Because if, if you have too little mental clarity, you're going to force your context, force your opinions, force your way of doing things, and you're going to miss the mark. If your audience is drained and insecure and they lack context and you're, you're just trying to talk to them and it's like you're hitting a brick wall, then it's probably time to focus on regenerating them so that they have the mental clarity to actually listen and understand. That's why communication is more than just saying these are the facts, this is the information. It's more of a let me prepare you mentally, let me bring you to a space, an environment where you can be open to hear what I have to say. There are more steps to communication than what we realize. So with that in mind, with an electric type, if you take them out for an adventure or have some fun or play a game with them or go to a new restaurant and have a meeting or conversation with them in a new place, in a new environment where they feel some breaking of the routine, then they're going to feel more peace. They're going to feel more energized. They're going to feel more excited. They're going to feel happier and they're going to be more open to hear you. But if you try to force a, com a conversation with them, in a place where they're feeling stuck, where they're feeling in a rut, where they're feeling uh, trapped, confined, uh, where they're feeling drained and where they just feel uncomfortable, they're not going to be able to pay attention. So, so getting people to pay attention is really a matter of, let me help you regenerate. Let me help you feel better. Let me provide you with some confidence, inner peace, energy. So you have the mental clarity and, and, and willingness to to listen and, and to connect and, and, and to collaborate. Fiery people, if they feel stuck in their projects, if they feel paralyzed in the projects, if they feel super insecure and they feel like they are lost and their fire is turned off, it's very hard for them to have the confidence or the willingness to listen to anything because either they will just be so defeated that they won't listen or they will listen, but then they might have a competitive spirit and overcompensate and talk over you and put you down and invalidate you and just turn everything into an argument because when they're insecure, when they're drained, they will either shut down and feel like an absolute failure or they will feel like, oh, I have to demonstrate my excellence. I have to stand out. I have to force myself and they become kind of these forceful, not so kind people. So with them, boosting them up, telling them, listen, I trust you. I believe in you. I value you. You can do this, uh, helping them solve something or help them get unstuck in their projects, 
asking them about their projects, just get them to talk about their projects and just listen to them with admiration and respect. They'll make them feel so good that after that, whatever you tell them, they're going to be like, oh yeah, this is, of course we can do that. But if you spend an hour criticizing the project and telling them how stuck they are and how irresponsible they are and how crazy they are, how much of a dreamer they are, then they're going to shut down and they're not going to, they're not going to be able to do uh, anything. So just focus on uplifting people before you talk to them. With the electric type, don't tell them they're responsible. Don't tell them that they're uh, silly. Don't tell them that they're like a little kid. Don't tell them anything negative about their playful spirit and, and their need for constant change. Just nurture that part so that they don't need to force it. Because when you rob someone of something, they're going to seek it out with more intensity. So this goes with all the elements, provide them with the basic needs so that they don't seek it out in an unhealthy, forced, conflict prone, risky way. Now, moving on to the uh, aquatic type, uh, the aquatic type. Yeah. If you open up emotionally to them and you, if you build your heart out, if, if you wear your heart in your sleeve, if you ask them about the family, if you take some time to make them feel, uh, or if you talk to them about the, their, their, their past, things like that, if you, if you just make them feel that emotional connection, then they're going to be much more open to listen to you. They're going to be so willing to do anything for you because they feel that bond, but you have to build that bond. And yes, you know, just don't tell them that they're overly dramatic. Don't tell them that they're overly emotional. If you do that, you'll just create more drama, more separation. Instead, if you see that they are getting more dramatic, if you see that they're getting more conflict prone, if you see them be more possessive, if you see them be more je jealous, then it's a sign that they're drained or they're insecure or that they don't have enough context. So identify if there's an insecurity, that's a result of them not understanding the context and assuming some negative thing that's not even real. If so, communicate them the real context so they don't fill the blanks with their fears and insecurities. If you identify that they just need to feel a little loved or they need a little attention, give them a little bit of attention and then direct their attention towards whatever it is that you want their attention directed towards. But the starting point is always that emotional connection, that personal connection and uh, make them feel special. And when they feel special, honestly, they're willing to do almost anything and listen to almost anything. They're very good listeners when they feel that they're connected to you. Um, earthly type, an earthly type, uh, the easiest way is to pamper them, create a comfortable environment, you know, a nice meal, a nice cup of tea, uh, a just harmonious, relaxing environment where there's not a lot of chaos where people are comfortable, where they're not seeing tension, where they're not seeing arguments, where they're not seeing fighting, where they just are seeing peace and harmony. If you can create an environment that's peaceful, they're able to listen to you. They're able to receive whatever information you want to deliver to them with a lot of ease. But if there's anyone in the room that's unhappy, if there's anyone in the room that's tense, their attention is going to be like, how can I help them? I'm worried about them. And you can be talking to them and they're going to be like focused on that person. On my earthly side, I can be on stage at a very important event, but if someone on my team or someone in my family isn't doing well, I'm worried. Or if someone in the audience is very tense or it's not like you see that they're like 
not feeling well, my attention is going to be on them. And it's very hard for me to be present in what I'm doing. So earthly people just being mindful of the fact that for them to be open to listen and to, to receive your communication, you have to provide them with a bit of inner peace and that you provide them by creating an environment that are harmonious, that are comfortable. And sometimes there might be a problem that needs to be tackled. Maybe there's a conflict. And if you can help the earthly person mediate that and resolve the problem, then they will get a lot of peace. Because an earthly person can be stressed for days if anyone that they see or have any connection to is not doing well. They over-worry about their, their loved ones, their friends, and even people they don't know but that they see and can perceive uh, their, their sadness, their frustration, etc., etc. So, so yeah, help them, help them create those environments and help them resolve any problems that might be distracting them. And... That goes a long way to helping them be more open to listen, to receive, to, to really be able to communicate with them. And then, um, moving on with the area type, you know, they're again, yes, peaceful environments, a little bit like the earthly person, but with area types, you can give them more personal space. You should give them more personal space. You should reduce a little bit more the level of social ambience there is. So like reducing noise a little bit, reducing chaos a little bit more, uh, because earthly people, as long as people are comfortable and happy, if there's noise, they're, they're fine. If, if there's, if there's fun activities going on, they're fine for them. It's more that people are happy. Airy people, they get overstimulated by noise, by chaos, by movement. And even if it's happy noises, they can get overly, like they can get overwhelmed if there's too much going on because they're trying to observe and analyze everything that's going on around them. And if there's too much going on around them, they can get overwhelmed and need to step aside, you know? So they, they sometimes if things get too intense, they can create some type of distraction to run away. Uh, and they can sometimes disappear for months at a time. And you might feel like you've offended them till the end of the world and that the relationship is never going to reconnect. And that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes it's just airy people, they get overwhelmed. They need time to recharge their social battery, the mental battery. Uh, and, uh, that can sometimes take time, especially if they don't have the right tools to do it with, but definitely communicate with them remotely. Just be like, heads up. Everything is cool. Everything is chill. Here's this, this has been resolved. This has been this. And then they they can have more inner peace to reconnect again. Um, in terms of airy people also communicate just things to them in advance with time, don't do it last minute and, uh, just help them mentally prepare for things and help them reduce risk. I know that's kind of what I said in the first part where it talked about, uh, direct communication with them, but it, it is something that does regenerate them and that does give them the inner peace that they need. Uh, one thing that uh, you will learn about area people is with time, they will open up more and more to you. If, if you are one of those key people in their lives. And there will come a point where they are more flexible with you because they feel more comfortable with you. So you also want to build that 
uh, over time, but that's not something you can build in five minutes. So just be patient with them because building that bond takes longer time with them. Um, then uh, with the metallic type, respect the routines, help them implement routines, help them optimize their t times, help them uh, resolve problems in the most efficient way, but that makes sense to them in their logic, communicate to them with logic and make them sure, make it clear to them that you're willing to learn from them. Be willing to receive criticism from them. Be willing to receive feedback from them and tell them, listen, I'm willing to receive this from, tell me, what do you think? What do you feel? Like, and, and they're going to tell you their opinion directly, but they're going to feel good that they were heard. And then once they feel heard, they're more willing to hear. But if you're not willing to hear their criticism, then it's less likely that uh, you're going to be able to get through to them. So, so good starting off point to get them to open up is to maybe receive a little bit of criticism from them. Realize that when they criticize you, it's because they do care about you. They wouldn't waste time on anyone that they don't care about. So yeah, sometimes when they're cutting you into pieces, it's their way of showing love and support. Um, it's their way of protecting you or guiding you. So uh, just be aware of that. And 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 if you can ask them, listen, what what uh, what do you think about this? What's your opinion about this? Just get them talking. Uh, but for example, my dad is metallic. He he's an academic. He went to Princeton to Penn. He he really uh, has this area where he's very deeply passionate about. And even though he's an introvert, and usually he's also quite shy, when he gets talking about uh, politics, because he, he's a political scientist, when he gets talking about politics, he can he can talk for hours, and, and he can get super passionate. Uh, so if you start start talking trade treaties, human rights, human integration, um, you, you talk about anything like that, uh, all of a sudden he lights up, right? So, so metallic people, they gain confidence through mastery. And if you identify what's their area of mastery and you get them talking about their area of mastery, their confidence starts shining and then they start having more willingness to also listen to you and hear you out. So that's something that, that I've learned very well with metallic people is just, just ask them questions about the area of, of, of mastery and their whole body language and energy will change and they will be much more open to listen to you and receive from you uh, than if you treat them like, oh my goodness, you're too critical, you're so cold, you're so this, you're so inconsiderate. No, just be like, you know, this area that you're interested in, tell me a little bit about it. I want to learn from you. That goes a long way and that opens up a whole different space. Uh, also going back uh, to the area person, don't guilt trip them. Don't tell them that they're antisocial. Don't tell them that they're inconsiderate. Don't tell them that they're ungrateful. Don't tell them that, that, that they're selfish because they need personal time to collect their thoughts, help them in the process. Don't, uh, dismiss them in the process. Um, re really, we have to understand that each person has to process. You can either invalidate the process and overextend and overintensify the communication or you can just nurture the process and accelerate the process. So with every element, what are the basic needs? How can I provide it both with words and actions and in with environmental factors? And how can I provide them with that peace that they need, with that confidence that they need? How can I stop invalidating them? How can I stop playing a zero-sum game for me to win? They have to lose thing. Like start creating win-win situations where 
you know, I can be me, you can be you, we can have our different personalities, we can have our different instincts, we can have our different processes, or we can have a unified process, but that takes into account the needs of each person and the family on the team. And that goes a long way. If you know, okay, we have to schedule time for this, we have to schedule time for that, we have to make time for this, we have to be patient and flexible with this person on this area, we have to be understanding and tolerant of this person in this area, we have to understand the motivation behind this communication and not take it at face value as well. Because in communication, what happens is, is, is if we don't have a dictionary to interpret what other elements are saying, it can, we can get offended easily, we can get hurt easily. For example, a metallic person is going to tell you, you look fat, you look terrible, you failed. Had you listened to me six months ago, we wouldn't be in this situation. I was trying to tell you, you didn't listen. Did you listen? No, you didn't listen. Like they're gonna, they're gonna point out all the flaws. And more emotional type, like an aquatic type can take it very personally and can get very offended and can deteriorate that relationship further. When in reality, that metallic person was just trying to protect the aquatic person. And when they start seeing that as, that criticism is protection, that criticism is love. Okay, I'll receive it a bit more. Uh, a fiery person is going to challenge you, it's going to push you, it's going to push you to be more productive, it's going to push you to level up, it's going to push you to dress better, to walk better, to put on better makeup or cut your hair better. or like They're going to try to help you level up your status, your impact, your career, and they're going to push you a lot. You might end up feeling like you're not enough or that they're criticizing you. It's not criticism. Legit, it's just they're trying to help you be a better version of yourself because they're ambitious. So they also share that ambition with you and try to help you be more ambitious. That's just kind of how you have to look at things. Electric people, they're going to have many different friends, many different adventures, some with you, some not with you. Don't feel jealous or offended if they have adventures with other people. That's part of the basic needs. Just communicate to them how much you want to be involved. That's it. And respect that they sometimes need time with other friends, other people, not just all the time with you. Don't get jealous. Don't freak out. They're not abandoning you. It's just a basic need they have. Great. You identify that? Cool. Now you stop taking it personally. Earthly people are going to worry about everyone, not just you. So don't get offended when they're worrying about other people and putting a lot of, paying a lot of attention to other people. If someone is in distress, if someone is sad, if someone is uh, not happy, they're going to focus on saving them or helping them. That doesn't mean they don't care about you. It just means that they care about everyone. Don't take it so personally. Understand that we all deal differently with stress, with, with, with frustration, with failure. So some are going to be very hard on themselves. Some are going to be very hard on others. Some are going to blame you. Some are going to blame themselves. Some are going to have a more balanced approach. Don't take it personally. Remember, there's a difference between when we're drained and insecure and when we are regenerated and with confidence. When we know that, we stop taking things so personally. That doesn't mean you should justify abuse or destructive behaviors, but you can certainly control whether you amplify or whether you... Uh, whether you amplify or whether you diminish that. So look at that, look at how to, uh, sorry, in the room. Uh, so look at how to, I missed the mark there, sorry. Um, I got a little distracted there. But anyway, uh, so yeah, people's communication is based on the mental state. So when they're drained, when they're insecure, when they lack context, they're going to, be much more destructive, that, 
that is not a reflection of you, it's a reflection of them. That doesn't mean that the behaviors are justified, but it does mean that you shouldn't overamplify it. It means that you shouldn't uh, overextend it and that you shouldn't take it so personally. And that you can be like, yo, okay, I can throw that thing straight into spam. Next week, we're going to talk about how to build mental spam filters. So with mental spam filters, what can we do? When something is a result of someone being drained, insecure, lacking context, or communicating from a different space, sometimes it's not relevant to us and we can send it straight to spam. Sometimes it is relevant, but we need to have our little dictionary and we need to translate. Okay, this event that at face value looks like this traumatizing thing actually is a kind of nice thing if I'm flexible enough with my mental agility to actually reflect and look at it this way. So sometimes you just gotta look at things a little deeper than face value. Sometimes you gotta have the curiosity to understand the relevant context, ask questions. Why do you do this? Why do you think this? Why do you need this? Why? And there's usually a good answer for people's behaviors. And then when you have the answer, it's like, oh, okay. I'll support you more in that area. But there are some times where there outright isn't any logical answer. And that's where sometimes developing a spam filter is wise. So next week, what do I want to do is that I want to, I want to talk about how to develop mental spam filters, which is really more of a, you know, this person doesn't have enough context. This person is coming to premature conclusions. This person doesn't have my goals in mind. This person is imposing their insecurities in me. Maybe their guidance right now isn't the right uh, thing for me. So I'll send it to spam. I can appreciate it. I can express my gratitude. It's not about elitism. It's not about superiority. It's not about being like, oh, I'm better than you. It's more of a, does this apply to me right now? Is this really what I need to hear right now? Or is this going to tear me down? Is this going to make me feel bad unnecessarily? And would I save myself a lot of grief and a lot of sadness if I put this into spam? You know, you can learn from anyone, but sometimes there's some people in your life that maybe are putting too much negativity into your life that are maybe tearing you down too much, being overly critical of you. And maybe they're, they're doing it in a way that's having a not so good impact on you. And that's where developing that mental filter can help. So I've made a little promo for next week's episode. I'm going to share it with you guys and then I'll return to wrap up. Hey there, are you currently overly bombarded with advice, feedback, judgments, ideas, news from many different sources? Do you have a hard time processing all this information that you're receiving at any given point? Trust me, you're not alone. Now, I want to talk to you guys about a very important concept that we have to explore to make it easier to deal with all of that information. And that is developing a mental spam filter. I promise you that the majority of the information that you're receiving right now or feedback that you're receiving right now is stuff that should go to a spam filter. Because if you pay attention to every input, every piece of information that goes into your head, you're gonna get overwhelmed, you're gonna get lost, you're gonna lose yourself, you're gonna lose sight of your projects, you're gonna lose sight of your priorities, and you're gonna end up feeling like shit. So here's my tip. Look at all this information that's coming in and identify where is it coming from, what is the purpose of this information, and how does it apply to me? And that is like, okay, I'll give you an example. This feedback that I'm receiving from this family member, it's well-intended, 
this person doesn't want me to make the same mistakes as they did, so they're giving me advice based on their personal context. So you have to take a moment, is that context relevant to me? Am I going through the same thing, yes or no? If the answer is no, straight to spam. Okay, this loved one is giving me advice, but they have no idea about my context, my goals, my traumas, my current reality, my finances, etc. They're just giving me information based on surface value information that they're processing. Ask yourself, do they have enough information to provide me with valuable advice? Yes or no? Okay, no, they don't know all the details and all the variables, so that information is not valuable. Straight to spam. Okay, but this other family member is taking the time to give me advice based on my context, my goals, my reality, my circumstances, my general context. They understand me, they understand where I'm going, and they understand where I'm coming from, and they really care about my goals, not just theirs. Okay, let me receive a little bit more of that information. But even then, maybe someone applies all the right things to provide me with advice, but maybe they themselves are living in a reality that I don't want. Maybe this person loves me dearly, is giving me great advice, but their life is terrible. They have made so many bad choices and I don't wanna be in their shoes. Then have to ask myself, do I really wanna learn that from them if I don't wanna switch places with them? Then maybe you should put it in spam or maybe revise it a little further and then decide spam or inbox. And this is how you should do with all the information. The same with news. Where is it coming from? What source is it? What are the intentions? What are the political agendas? What is it trying to say? Is it verified, etc., etc.? And then, okay, yes, this applies to me, or no, this, you know, the agenda and this doesn't make sense to me. Spam. There's so much advice, feedback, information that really is flawed, inaccurate, or maybe it's just not applicable to us. And when we build that spam filter, trust me, we feel so much more at peace with every choice that we make because we're not letting all these different voices and judgments and input sources mess us all up. Like it's disorienting paying attention to everything. And this doesn't mean that you should outright just kind of shut down and ignore everything. It's just have a filter that helps you listen to, apply, and explore the things that are relevant and put aside the things that are not relevant. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't have gratitude for all those inputs, all that information, but it's all about how you deal with it. It's all about how you receive it and process it. So if you want to explore this concept further of building that mental spam filter so that you aren't overwhelmed with so much either misinformation or information that's not relevant and applicable to you, join us this Sunday on our live transmission of our podcast, Develop Yelment Unplugged, on YouTube or on Facebook at 11 a.m. Central Time, and the link will be in the description below. So with that in mind, I bid you farewell and see you there. Have a good one. Okay, so I'm back. So there you have a little preview of next week's episode. Uh, next week's episode, as I said, it's 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 about that. It's about how can you stop letting people uh, tear you down as much and how to learn when to apply the feedback and information you're receiving, when not, how to verify the information you're getting, how to make sure that it it's actually relevant to you, actually helpful for you. And again, it's not about being ungrateful for people. You can be very grateful for all the, the different sorts of information and feedback you get. But... We all have some people in our lives that are very good at tearing our, us down, at, at uh, p 
putting out our fire or, you know, cutting our wings and overprotecting us. And, and sometimes uh, it can lead us to really suppress ourselves and really lose ourselves. And it's really a matter of identifying when is this more harmful than positive for me? When is this more toxic than, than good? And many times it's not about like many times it's good intentions, but just not what we need right now. And we need to have the self-respect to identify, you know what, this thing right now, it's not what I need. And I don't mean to be rude, but I'm not going to pay as much attention to it. And there's sometimes that we need to hear our, our tough things. So, so definitely listen to everything, process, analyze it quickly, but be quick to disregard things that are going to be more harmful than positive and uh, focus on adding a little bit more uh, positive sources that take into account your context, your goals, but make sure that you have a balance, make sure that you have people that are critical of you, that do challenge you, that don't let you stay in your comfort zone. <laughs> Steve is like, like me. Um, you do need some of that. So it's not just anything that's harsh sent to spam. It's not about that. It's a balanced approach. It's just whenever it's overly toxic, overly bad, or just not what you need right now. And sometimes you can literally put it for, in spam for a while and then maybe six months later, you know what, that thing that uh, message I received back then. Let, let me process that again and let me see it with a different, with different eyes because I'm in a different uh, place right now. So uh, I'm getting a comment here. That's such a great uh, proposal. Yannick sounds amazing. Thank you. Yes, it's something that for me was very hard to build because as an earthly person, guess what? I care about everyone's opinions. I care about everyone's feedback. I want everyone to be happy. I want to please everyone. And for many years, I tried to make everyone happy and fit everyone's expectations. And I cut myself into pieces and I became the worst version of myself because I literally lost myself. And it was only when I had enough self-respect to be able to say, yo, listen, this is eh, not what I need right now. This okay, this, this is actually very beneficial. Okay. This thing it's hard to hear, but I need to hear it. And this thing outright, this is not for me. This is really, they're missing the mark. They don't know me. They don't even have curiosity of my goals, my traumas, my current reality. They, they're communicating based on their reality. And it's just, it's not even about me. They, they're doing it about themselves to feel better about themselves. So, I'm not going to give it so much importance. So that's what we want to talk about next week. I think next week is going to be a very, very, very important topic. If you have any friends or loved ones or colleagues that make you feel like shit, that make you feel bad, that make you feel discouraged, that cut your wings, that overprotect you, um, definitely join us next week because it's going to be a, it's going to be a big process of, of adding more self-respect to our lives a more conscious awareness of how we process information. So with that in mind, I will bid you guys farewell. I will say, see you next week, same time, same place. Thank you very much for all the comments. Thank you very much for being here with us. And uh, as usual, I'm very grateful for you. So with that in mind, I say goodbye.